1: My guest on the podcast today is John DeJulius. John is the president of the DeJulius Group, the founder of Customer Service Revolution, keynote speaker, podcast host, and best-selling author of five customer service and customer experience books. Welcome to the podcast, John.
0: Thanks, Nick. Great to be with you.
1: Yeah, it's it's my pleasure, man. Uh, so, you know, we kind of got connected um, at the very beginning, you know, last year or sometime, and and it's been fun to to see more about what you guys are doing and maybe, maybe t- touch a little bit about um, the customer service revolution on what, what you guys are, are doing and, and um, what you have planned for this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, our, our mission or purpose is to change the world by creating a customer service revolution. And so um, it's one of the titles of my book, and it's the title of our big annual conference that, uh, this will be the 12th or 13th year we've put it on. And and as you know, it's it's grown. It's, I think, over 700 people came last year from all over the country, uh, all over the world. Um, obviously, this year, we've had to turn it into a virtual. So mm-hmm. we're going to do, um, um, uh, um, we're going to spread it out over five Thursdays in October. Okay. It's it's wow. it's usually in October. And there's actually five Thursdays in October. So we're going to have a... Uh, um, uh, you know, two hours every Thursday. I think you know, hmm. if we've settled on the time, but the afternoon. And okay. uh, we're really excited because uh, we 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 have a a great lineup that we're going to be announcing soon. So it's going to be we we call them Rev Talks, um, okay. Revolution Talks, and they're all going to be like ten minute um, talks on you know creating you know the revolution in the new 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 economy, new new normal.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's great news that you're continuing to do that even uh, though it's going to be virtual. I'm sure it's going to be one heck of an experience. So I got the opportunity to um, join the uh, Customer Service Revolution last year, um, and it's not like any other event that you would attend. Uh, it was it was exciting. It was nonstop um, speakers. It was engaging. Uh, it was fun. Uh, so any any of the the listeners that want to find an event, I I highly recommend uh, checking that out and uh, looking at these five two-hour sessions in October. So, um, you know, the first thing I wanted to talk about is how did you get started? You know, how did you get started in customer service and what does that look like? You know, going all the way back, I, you're obviously an entrepreneur, um, but, you know, you've, you feel like you've, you've had probably customer service in the heart uh, from the beginning. So can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so nearly 30 years ago, we opened our first business, which was a very small 900 square foot hair salon. And uh, we had uh, the three no's, no money, no customers, no employees.
1: And,
0: you know, and and like any, you know, big city, um, you could throw a rock and either direction and hit a bunch of salons. Like, you know, so we couldn't outspend them. We couldn't build nicer facilities. We couldn't out advertise them. Um, You know, while our haircuts were, you know, really good, you know, I'm sure theirs was really good. So uh, the only thing we thought we could do is create such an exceptional, compelling experience. And we didn't want to be known as the best experience in the salon industry, because, you know, listen, if you or your wife came in today, um, mm-hmm. you then didn't go across the street to our nearest competitor and compare. So it was kind of irrelevant how we stacked up against, you know, other salons. We yeah. wanted that, you know, if you left our salon and went to the dentist's office or met your, your friends for lunch or went shopping, that every experience after that paled in comparison. So it started to work. Um, we, we started growing, knocking down walls, opening up more locations, and and you know, 27 years later, you know, we still realize that's the best investment. But um, while I still own it, I, I don't spend very little uh, time in it. Um, around the mid 90s, uh, because of the noise the salons were making. Um, And the customer experience, reputation, I just started getting asked to speak and, you know, never thought it was going to turn into anything. It was more, you know, I thought it was really cool that someone wanted to hear our story and what we did. And every speech led to two or three more. And then eventually, uh, my first book came out in 2002. And that Mm -hmm. pretty much took me out of from being a salon owner that spoke a little to a speaker that owns salons. And then started getting hired by some pretty good companies um, and then um, saw what they were doing and found, you know, figured out their methodology um, that they all had in common. And now today we're predominantly a a customer service consulting firm.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's a great story. What, What is uh, some of those similarities that a lot of these high-end organizations had in common?
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, we have uh, 10 commandments and, and that we have found that every world-class customer service company works at and is obsessed with it. And, 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 you know, four years ago, 10 years ago, there weren't eight. Next year, there won't be 11. The, the 10 are the 10. So the first one is that having, every world-class customer service company has, a, has a, a, a customer service vision statement, a North Star. And it's Mm -hmm. different from a mission and purpose. And I love my mission and purpose and core values. Um, But typically like a mission is is who we want to be as an organization someday, right? We want to be the number one, you know, financial, you know, this, you know, but that doesn't tell, it's not actionable. It doesn't tell you the customer service rep, the teller, the, you know, hostess, whoever, you know, what you're supposed to do right now. So same thing with a purpose, but the customer service vision statement is, is really the action statement. It's what you have to do every time you interact with a customer, be it, you know, 30 seconds or 30 minutes. So it starts there. And then, you know, the next commandment is world-class internal culture, you know, selecting, Mm -hmm. hiring, retaining the right people, you know, and, you know, then it just keeps on going down from having non-negotiable standards and, um, zero risk, being a zero risk company—that's Commandment number seven. And so, if you think about when you do business with Amazon or Nordstroms or, or you know, any great company, it, 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 it doesn't mean they don't drop the ball. Um, they probably drop the ball less than the majority of their competitors. But but when they do drop the ball, they make it right. And in a right. lot of times, you're more impressed uh, then had they not dropped the ball. So that's what yes. zero risk means, you know? So that's yeah. a, you know, a few of those commandments.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I love the, the foundation that you've built around the 10 commandments. Um, when it comes to uh, building a, a strong customer experience inside of an organization, what are some of the roadblocks that, um, some of my listeners would be, you know, Hey, l- watch out for a couple of these as you look through customer experience. I love
0: that. I love that question. I love uh, love the love to answer it. Um, so the first thing, it's a paradigm shift. Um, I believe is how good any company is at customer service comes down to one thing and one thing only: the service aptitude, and and and, and probably the average service aptitude of every employee from the CEO. To the janitor, to the newest employee that's going to start working next week. Now, that's not the paradigm shift. The paradigm shift is where service aptitude comes from. Most people, most leaders think it's, it's soft skills and it's, it's common sense. And, and that's the mm-hmm. farthest thing from the truth. You know, service aptitude gets shaped in, in three primary places. Okay. First one is our, our, our previous life experiences. So whether it's you and me or, or any of our frontline customer facing employees, typically, you know, we, they didn't grow up staying at five-star resorts, flying first class, driving a Mercedes Benz when they turned 16, right? Mm-hmm. Yet the moment we got our first several jobs and the moment we hire people, we expect them to give that type of an experience. And it's not fair. I mean, they don't know what world class looks like. It's not their right. fault. The second place service aptitude gets shaped is is previous work experiences. Um, you know, everyone's worked somewhere else, and you know, most companies are, are, are paranoid, and they say to young Nick, nineteen-year-old Nick, hey, listen, customers are out to take advantage of us. It's your job not to let them. And and young Nick does what he's told. Well, you know, now we interview Nick, and he's great. He smiles. He he seems right. really courteous. But next week when we cut him loose, he's treating our VIP client like she's trying to get away with something. Mm. Um, that's not Nick's fault. And, and, and those first two things, previous life experience, previous work experiences, we can't control. The only thing we can control is the, the, what we, what we do with them after we hire them and the, the training and the soft skill and the service aptitude. So kind of wrap it up in a bow. It's not our employees responsibility to have high service aptitude it's 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 our as a company and leaders to give it to them and make sure they have it.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. And, and it's not just, it's not like an easy bake oven where you can just kind of set it and forget it and say, hey, here's the rules or here's the agenda or here is the training, but it's the continuous nonstop. Hey, this is what we believe, here's why we believe it and here's how it's gonna affect you, which affects our customers. Yeah. So I, I love that. You know, when it comes to customer experience, why, why is it so important to the success of of your business
0: uh my personally
1: yeah and and maybe but, others that that you see in in, in any yeah. industry
0: yeah i mean it's the key differentiator i mean you know you better be you know it, it, you want to compete on on price and get price wars um which you know is is easy to do and in in and, and, and easy to get sucked into you know everyone mm-hmm. can find it cheaper online um, you know, down the street, and there's always someone to will, willing to make something shittier and sell it for less. Um, yeah. And 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 we don't want to compete in price wars. We want to compete in experience wars. There's a lot less people competing in those markets and don't know how to do it as well as us. So you know, we want to make price irrelevant. And if you think about, you know, the the brands most people can't live without. Um, you know, you know, people say Starbucks or Chick Fil A or Apple or Amazon or you know Target, whatever yep. they may be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- th- they're they're typically not the cheapest, and um, you know their products are good. Um, I I wouldn't say they're superior to, to their competitors. Um, you know, a lot of people don't you know even like Starbucks coffee, uh, but they like Starbucks experience. I mean, yeah. you know, i I'm, I'm, I'm drinking it now, and and. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's okay. Uh, but I love the experience. I love that, you know, I can, you know, there's 170,000 ways you can order your Starbucks coffee. Like, that's mm. crazy. Um, that is crazy. And they'll make it for you, right? And they'll remember, if, if, if you're a regular, you know, you don't have to give them the order. So it makes you feel like, you know, you're some celebrity, because they know yep. my concoction by heart. So yeah. you know that's it. I you know, um, I, and it's also proven that in any economy, even in a, a recession, the companies that are the customer experience leaders are significantly less affected in sales and return on it. But they're affected, but significantly less impacted on yeah. you know the downturn in the economy.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great point. It's it's interesting the the whole experience kind of going back to, to Starbucks, you know, you, you think of all of these other potential locations or, um, uh, coffee shops that people could go to and you see them empty and it has probably equally ma- maybe even better coffee, but it's the, the atmosphere, the experience, it's the personalization, it's standing in line and they already know what John's order is. Uh, even though he's three back, they're already saying, Hey, you're already ready. You just got to go over here and quick, quick tap it and pay. So, a good lesson for other organizations to think of of how they can kind of differentiate on experience. Um, You know, when it comes to right now, in this environment that we're in, there's a lot of people that are um, working virtually, and maybe will continue to work virtually. So how do you go about building stronger relationships with your employees remotely?
0: You know, and, and, and it's key, right? It, it, we got to have, one of the best things that's come out of the quarantine um, was how much uh, Zoom calls we had all day with different teams. And I know people yeah. get Zoom fatigue. But man, I, you know, I have a, three companies, 150 employees. Some I don't know. Some I never come in contact with. Um, and, you know, started coming in contact with people. And, you know, so I got to know a Nick. And, and, and not only got to know, he got to know me and and I was a real person. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, then we were having, you know, weekly calls to the point that I'm worried about how I sustain that relationship when, when we go back to normal, I love these zoom calls and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and making connections and not just saying, Hey, Nick, tell me where we're at with, you know, open up with an icebreaker, you know, Nick, tell me your gift. And, you know, we always do that. And the first time it's like, what gift? Um, you know, the world is coming to an end, it feels like. No, no, Nick, there's a gift. And, you know, when someone thinks about it, they're like, you know, I'm spending so much time with my two little ones, right? You know, and I'm getting to see them grow Mm -hmm. up, you know, know, where I normally would be on the road. I'd normally be getting home at seven o'clock at night, you know, spending, you know, having dinner every night with my wife and our two kids Mm and, you know, pivoting our business. You know, there's gifts and and you got to make people see that, and, and give them the hope and, and the, uh, um, you know, the uh, optimism. And then they get to see that you're a real person too. Now, as far as building it with clients, um, you know, I, I'll tell you what, one thing I'm really proud of is the Julius group has been doing Zoom calls for three years now, mandatory. And, and, and so what I mean by that is if you worked for me, including me, you are not allowed to have a conference call with a vendor, with a client, with, you know, a prospective employee, whoever, mm-hmm. uh, it had to be a Zoom video call. And, mm-hmm. and, and for several reasons, um, when you have a, a video call, right? If I'm talking to some guy named Nick, right? He might be selling me, I might be selling him, he might be, you know, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. I hear Nick's voice. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, you, you hear my voice that, you know, that, but also you see Nick and he's a nice looking guy and mm. he smiles and laughs when I try to be funny and, yeah. and, and don't stop now. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> and, 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 and you notice things in the background, right? Oh, you have Nick, you have, you have two beautiful daughters or, Nick, mm-hmm. we're, that, that looks like a, a beach. What? 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 You know? Oh, yeah, I went on vacation, or you graduate, a diplomas hanging, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now you're collecting a lot of customer intelligence. Yep. But I'll tell you the biggest reason. This is the, the this is a, 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 an admission of guilt. If, if Nick, if you ever, if me and you ever have a call, not on video, Zoom or or, or video, I guarantee you what what will happen is. Um, if we're not, if you can't see me, I'll start looking at my cell phone because it's blowing up, and and one of my sons is texting me, eighteen times about <laughs> something I said no to, and I meanwhile I said Nick, you got any plans this weekend? And yeah. then I start responding to my son saying, stop texting me. I said no, and and while I was doing that, you say, well yeah, well my 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 great aunt passed away. We I go to, and I, I'll be like, oh Nick, that sounds like a lot of fun. Good, good, enjoy that. And oh, it'll no. be totally that I'm not, I'm multitasking. So being on Zoom makes, forces me to be on stage, forces me to be looking at you, forces me mm-hmm. not to, you know, back in the office when someone comes around with the Starbucks order and I'm telling them again, you start, you know, not listening to the customer the person you're talking to. So, you know, I think it's really important that we can replicate those face to face meetings virtually.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I love that. You know, One thing that you just mentioned was looking around uh, inside that Zoom call and you're saying, hey, I see that you went to the beach. Hey, I see you have two kids or however many kids you have. Hey, I see that you have a diploma. You have you personally, your organization has an acronym uh, to gain insights for from your customers. Can you walk through that?
0: yeah so 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 every time you know in my personal professional life uh everything, whenever we talk to someone we want to focus on the other person's forward, ford f o r d and and you know when you focus on the other person's ford a lot of things happen one you you focus less on your own right and mm-hmm. and 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 you know because we 're all genetically coded to be you know, programmed about our lives. Oh, Nick, yeah. you wouldn't believe I had a flat tire this morning. Oh, Nick, you wouldn't believe, you know, and and, and we, want, we want to fight that urge, right? right. And, yeah. and so Ford stands for family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. And mm. and if you know two or more things of someone's Ford, you know, they built a relationship, you own the relationship, because to each and every person in the world, their Ford is they hot buttons, right? Yeah. You have two young ones, right? You you love yeah. shoes. You always wear nice right. shoes. Um, yeah. You know, whatever that may be. And you can do it in a way that's casual. doesn't look like you're interrogating them just in, in the ca- casual conversation. You know, a lot of times people just share it. Um, yeah. And all you gotta do is catch it. Instead of like, you know, ignore it, duck and bob and weave and say, all right, Nick, what about, you know, the order? Or what about, you know, mm-hmm. he just told you that he was going away this weekend for their 10th wedding anniversary. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, oh, good, good, good. How about, you know, no, no, slow down, <laughs> digest that. If he's a VIP, say, Nick, yeah. where are you staying? Oh, we're staying at Nemacola. Oh my God, have a great And if he's a VIP, there's going to be something in his room waiting for him. Um, if he's not a VIP, maybe we're just circling back, you know, next week saying, Nick, how was that, you know, weekend at Nemecolon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not sitting on the phone call and saying, Hey, how's the family doing? How is your occupation doing? Right. How is your, how, what are your dreams? Like, tell me about your, your three-year goals, right? It's actively listening and then paying attention, uh, when your customers feel like they are valued and heard. And you come back to them and ask those additional questions, it's amazing on how much stickiness you, you become to them because you're like, wow, who else is doing this? And the answer is nobody, right? Like, right. I mean, obviously somebody else is doing it, but the, the probability hopefully of. Hopefully, the people have read my book. Yeah, hopefully, everybody who's read your book. <laughs> uh, hey, so I ask two questions to every guest. Yeah. Um, and, and the first question is, what do, you rank, or?
0: do you rank them by like who yeah, had the I, best answer?
1: I will, depending on right, you. After, right, after I'm, the podcast, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'll tell you. Yeah. After the top 100 episodes, then I'm going to rank them in order. Oh,
0: boy. Uh, I hope I yeah, make the top 100.
1: That's my goal. My goal is to get you in the top three. So <laughs> we'll see. So the first question is, is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service or customer experience professionals, what would it say?
0: Okay. Um, What book um, is uh, in person is uh, Howard Schultz. Yep, Um, He just came out recently, probably two years ago with a new book called From the Ground Up. It's his third book. Every book he's written is my favorite book of all time. Um, I read it and now I just downloaded it to listen to it on the audio. Um, Mm -hmm. I just... I just, you know, love the guy. Like everything he stands for, business, social responsibility, um, just everything. I, you know, so he oh. just he just is such an inspiration to me in so many ways. And then what a note would I leave everyone? Um, I guess, uh, God, that's a hard question because I, 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 I have so many. Um, I guess, you know, just give more. Just hmm. find ways to give more. And don't be worried. Don't be don't be cynical. Don't don't be worried that someone's going to take advantage of you. Um, you know, I think too often we 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 are cynical. And 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 you know the deal says, um, you know that you are supposed to do A, B, and C, and I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to make sure you do what, and then when you do, if you do, I'll do what I say. And what I try to tell myself and my three boys and everyone that works for me is do X, Y, and Z first and throw in W. Even though W wasn't part of the contract, even though he or she wasn't expecting W, always find ways to give a little bit more. And and, and don't wait. Don't, Don't keep score and don't have a good memory. And what that means is don't remember three years ago when someone didn't do what they said they would, don't let that ruin it. Giving more is one of the most selfish things we could do because of the way it comes back to us, the equity we get. And so mm-hmm. the best example is if you borrow someone's pickup truck to move furniture, give mm-hmm. them that pickup truck back with more gas and cleaner than how they gave it to you.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That, that is a contender right there for a top three. I I will oh, good. I'll let you know. So I just uh, want to
0: make the top 100.
1: <laughs> I think you've done that, uh, John. Uh, uh, just uh, I'm gonna tell you, tell everybody, all the listeners here, how they can connect with with you. Obviously, with your website, thedejuliusgroup.com, uh, LinkedIn, it's uh, Dejulius, uh, and Twitter, it's at John Dejulius. Um, any other channels that you want uh, people to connect with you?
0: No, those are all good. And, and Dejulius is D-I. Some people uh, think it's D-E, but yeah. uh, Yeah. Anyway, email me, john at the dejuliusgroup.com. Anything I could do for anyone.
1: Yeah, and it's D-I-J-U-L-I-U-S, correct? Correct. All right. Hey, John, thank you so much for joining me as a guest. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, Nick. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press 1 for Nick, If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers.
1: Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio.
0: Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.